Fall Lake temperatures in the air in South Bend, and we have a top 10 showdown under the lights tonight at Notre Dame Stadium as the 8th-ranked Irish welcome in 7th-ranked Stanford. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. We're also presented by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by former St. Joe and Elkhart Memorial football coach Kevin Downey. Uh, well, Kevin, a uh, rather huge game uh, here tonight and a lot to talk about with the Irish, especially on the offensive side of the ball today. Yeah, it's going to be a great matchup to top 10 um, teams. But again, <laughs> again, the excitement is we have our own drama for the Notre Dame offense. Yeah, certainly. On top on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith segment with Mike and Christine Golick. They will join us live in studio around 9.30 to share their story of family, faith, and football. And if the Irish win tonight, can they run the table to the college football playoff? We'll break down the rest of the schedule, which seems to be uh, lightening up, to say the least, compared to where we thought it would be. And, of course, we will preview tonight's matchup with Stanford and give you our keys to the game and predictions, and we will go through everything evolving in the Irish quarterback situation. But let's start with the huge news reported last night by Irish Illustrated's Tim Priester. Jafar Armstrong will not play in this game tonight against Stanford because of a knee infection. Uh, That's going to be a huge blow to Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, he's really started to come into his own. He had that great game last week, um, and he started to provide some consistency in the running back position. Yeah, he leads the Irish with 88 all-purpose yards per game. Team high, uh, five rushing touchdowns last week. Eight carries, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. It it really felt like he was kind of coming into his own and starting to get comfortable after making that transition from wide receiver. Uh, This is a significant blow to this team, certainly. Now, Tony Jones is there. He's played well, especially as of late um, in the last couple of weeks. Had a big game against Vanderbilt, and Jones is averaging 66 rushing yards per game. And then now they'll get Dexter Williams back today. The question is, how much will he play? For those unaware, he had a mysterious four-game suspension that Notre Dame never recognized, but suddenly he's available today. So I think that's the recognition, to say the least. But uh, without Jafar, how much does this change the Irish running game, in your opinion? Well, I think it's going to be interesting that Dexter is a really explosive back, and he had a great year last year. And again, coming into the season before this uh, mystery four games out, he really um, was who they kind of leaned on and who they're expecting to have a big impact. Yeah, the problem for Dexter has always been health, um, staying on the field. Last year, he averaged 9.2 yards per carry, but he only ended up having 39 attempts for 360 yards because of um, his status in terms of uh, being able to stay healthy on the field. And, of course, he had Josh Adams in front of him last year, so that certainly played a big factor. All right, um, so you have the running game situation, and then, of course, you have the quarterback situation. Brian Kelly making a gutsy call one week ago. He pulled the trigger and went with Ian Book, and the Irish offense came alive against Wake Forest. Brandon Wimbush did not play a snap in the game. Book finished 25 of 34 for 325 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions as ND won convincingly on the road at Wake Forest 56-27 to improve to 4-0. Here's what Book had to say immediately following last week's game about how he was feeling heading into the game. I mean, I'm a little nervous, but I think it's good to have nerves. We actually talked about that. You should be a little nervous, but we know, you know, Week in and week out, our prep- our preparation is get has got us ready, and uh, there shouldn't be anything you should be worried about or be like anxious about. Um, we're, we're confident, and we know week in and week out, we've had a great week of preparation, and we're ready to play. You know, we've done the hard work throughout the week, so I was really confident. But obviously, I had a little nerves from maybe the first couple of plays. Haven't been out there the whole you know, a whole game in a while, so it felt good though. Well. Uh, it had to feel good because he played, uh, you know, this time last week we were saying, why? Why Why are they doing this? Why, why make the move now? And um, obviously it was the right call. Um, how did you think a book looked last week? I thought it looked great. I think the real winners are all the surrounding players, all the wide receivers. Uh, Mac, the tight end, I think he had a great game, really impactful. And, it, you know, he can distribute the ball and get a lot of the things that Brian Kelly's offense likes to do um, going. Yeah, and so Brian Kelly was asked after the game what made last week the right week to turn to Ian Book. 
We weren't winning at a level that was going to allow us to continue to win. We were putting too much stress on other parts of the operation, in particular the defense. They were playing, we played 97 snaps against Ball State. It was, the, the, it was going to break. Um, so it needed to get fixed now, um, and it had nothing to do with Brandon in particular as much as how the offense needed to be much more effective. All right, that's Brian Kelly after the game last week. And beg the question, all right, if they needed to get the offensive going, why make the move last week, not make it a week earlier or maybe at the beginning of the season? Here's what Brian Kelly had to say about that. We needed Brandon against Michigan because of Michigan's defense, first and foremost. So the whole offseason was focused on Brandon beating Michigan. Number two, Jafar Armstrong and um, Tony Jones were not ready. Okay, um, Kevin Austin wasn't ready. Um, our leading receiver, I think, had nine receptions. You know, coming in, this offense was not mature enough going into the Michigan game. The the playmaker on our offense was Brandon Wimbush. It needed to center around him to beat Michigan, and then the next two weeks, those kids needed to mature, and then we needed to make this decision that we did relative to the quarterback position. This all from Coach Kelly's post game. Asked uh, now, all right. So how do you use the quarterbacks moving forward? Everyone thinking it's definitely book all the way. Kelly says, "Ha ha, not so fast, my friends." We saw today that our offense has operated very well with the inbook, but we also beat, I think, a top ten team in Michigan. It would be absolutely foolish of me to sit here in front of you and go, "We got one quarterback and one quarterback only." We, we've got two really good quarterbacks, and I'm going to reserve the right to decide each and every week who's the best guy for that week to win. And without being, um, you know, trying to trick or, you know, be guarded, um, we're going to play the guy that we think is going to help us win this game. This is a perfect game for Ian Book. It's quarters coverage. You know what you're going to get, and it's a perfect game for him. There's going to be some games that are going to be really suited for Wimbush, too. So we're going to use them both. And that was Brian Kelly talking about the Wake Forest game, that the Wake Forest game was the perfect game for, for Ian Book. Uh, Kevin, what were your thoughts on hearing what Coach Kelly had to say about the Irish quarterback situation uh, last week? Well, he has two weapons, and obviously uh, two guys that performed at high levels, especially uh, what they're, they're good at. So what I would look for is – if the running backs uh, in the run game specifically for Notre Dame can take off, then maybe use a little bit of Wimbush's pass attacks and play actions some boots some nakeds run pass options. But for Ian Book, kind of how he did, <laughs> you and I thought it was a smokescreen, but when he came in and he handed off for the first couple of times for touchdowns, uh, just let the offense evolve so that no matter who's in there, you have a better chance of winning consistently. With the Irish back at home tonight and temperatures dipping, you may want to look into the Duncan first floor game club if you're going to any of the final three games including tonight it's a new in-game hospitality experience happening every notre dame football home game complete with beer wine and live entertainment yep that's right beer and wine it's all indoors and available before and during the game by being part of the game day club for more information and to purchase visit venue.nd.edu all right uh here's the question where um, now with Kelly mentioned, hey, Jafar Armstrong, Tony Jones weren't ready. Well, now Jafar Armstrong's not available. So that affects the run game. Is Brandon Wimbush a possibility in this game because Notre Dame will need him to be an effective runner? So could, could we see him play more in this game because Armstrong is out of the game? I think it really depends how the offense comes together. If you can get everybody else the ball and some of the running backs step up, then you're going to find that consistency. But Brandon does provide a spark. I mean, he is definitely a playmaker, especially running the ball. People are not going to like uh, hearing you say that, by the way, because <laughs> people want book, book, book after seeing last week. Here's the thing I want to point out. They played Wake Forest. No offense to the Demon Deacons, but it wasn't like they were playing Stanford last week. Or Michigan, for that matter. They played Wake Forest. Now, the counter-argument to that is, well, look how they looked against Ball State and Vanderbilt. And I agree. But it let's not give the Heisman to Ian Booker already. <laughs> I mean, it, t tonight is a huge test for him. He's a Northern California kid going against the premier Northern California school. This is going to be a huge test for him against Stanford. 
Well, yeah, and I'm sure he's recruited by both, so he, his intensity is going to be up. Obviously, I think the whole nation's going to be watching this game. Here, here's what I find interesting in all this. Even Thursday, Brian Kelly did not name a quarterback. Uh, he didn't name a starting quarterback, so he's still being evasive with us that he doesn't want to name a starting quarterback. The only thing I could think of, you think it's possible Wimbush actually starts this game? Maybe not actually, quote-unquote, starts in terms of, like, he's the guy for most of the game. But is it out of the realm of possibility that Wimbush is in on the first play of the game and a design run to him for eight yards? I, I think that's possible. The, technically, he would be listed as the starter in that case, but uh, I you're looking at me. So oh, man. Well, he had so much success with the first series of the first couple of games. But, True. I mean, that was a pretty good performance. I'm not ready to give uh, Book the Heisman, but my gosh. <laughs> I mean, that was impressive. And again, he involved everybody on the offense. Everyone was a threat. You run the risk of... He made a gutsy call last week, and obviously if Book fell on his face, that was going to come back at Brian Kelly. Now the gutsiest call would be if if for some reason he went back to Wimbush more than anyone anticipates, uh, that would be an even gutsier call, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely. I <laughs> There's no way he does that, right? I mean... He could flip the script, but you know, Brian Kelly, he, he gets it, and he watches in practice. He's going to make a decision. I was uh, blown away by the, the pregame <laughs> announcement last week, but... It played out on the field, worked out for him. All right, and obviously this is a, a huge matchup tonight. Stanford has won the last three meetings, including 38-20 last year. ND leads the all-time series 18-13, to the first time that they've ever met where both teams were ranked in the top 10 at the time of the meeting. So there's been some classic matchups in this series, but this is the first time both teams are in the top 10 um, when they're meeting. So uh, a lot, a lot online in this one tonight, to say the least. Well, it's a great matchup, and I think especially, you know, the last uh, maybe even 10 years, it, it comes down to line play. It's really what offensive and defensive lines come up and are more physical and get the job done. Yeah, and, the, you know, the last time it was undefeated Stanford versus undefeated Notre Dame? 1925, their first ever meeting in the Rose Bowl, uh, won by Notre Dame, by the way, 27-10. to 10. So, uh, and of course, uh, people are wondering, wait a minute, wasn't, both teams ranked in the top 10 in 2012 when Notre Dame won that classic uh, goal line stand, eventually getting the undefeated regular season. Stanford was not in the top 10 at the time. Eventually, they got in it after the fact, but at the time the game was played, they they were not in the top 10. Uh, hope you enjoyed last night's battle between St. Joe and Mishawaka in our tire rack game of the week. Next Friday, we'll again be at Mishawaka Steel Stadium as the Cavemen host Marion in a battle for Princess City bragging rights. Notre Dame FCU's tailgate talk gets you started at 6 p.m. with the Tire Rack Game of the Week at 7 p.m. every Friday here on Redeemer Radio 95.7. All right, time for a timeout. Around 9.30 a.m., Mike and Christine Golick will join us live in studio. And when we return, if the Irish win tonight, can they run the table to the college football playoff? We'll break down the schedule the rest of the way. You're listening to Notre Dame FCU's Tailgate Talk on Redeemer Radio 95.7. Hey football fans, this is Steve Pizarro from Cressy Everett Real Estate. If you're considering buying or selling your home, then listen up and visit SouthBendSteve.com. Just like in football, the excellence is in the execution. So forget the stress of buying or selling a home and call me today at 574-229-4040. That's 229-4040. So remember, Steve Pizarro, your Michiana real estate expert, and visit SouthBendSteve.com. We know you like football, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day, free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! What do you think the, the atmosphere excitement will be like uh, Saturday night? A lot like Michigan, at least I hope. Uh, but, I mean, it's two top ten teams just going at it. Uh, we just play in and play out. It's, it's a hard-fought battle. Uh, so I expected the stadium to be very, very awesome and stand fans to be excited. Oh, I'm, I'm praying that it's really loud. You know, I'm praying the fans stay up all, all night, you know, and, and, and be loud, you know, kind of, you know, affect them a little bit. Maybe make sure on third down they can't hear, they can't make their checks. And, um, you know, just go out there and have fun, you know, and, and then just enjoy the spirits. 
That was Alex Bars and Tavon Coney as they get set for a top 10 showdown with Stanford tonight at Notre Dame Stadium. Both teams 4-0. Notre Dame ranked 8th in the country. Stanford ranked 7th in the country. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Be sure to follow Redeemer Radio on social media on Twitter. It's at 957sports. And on Facebook, search for Redeemer Radio 95.7 Sports. We have the latest on not only Notre Dame, but the high school front as well each and every day. All right, so we know this matchup is a huge one. We know week one was a huge one against Michigan. And the question now becomes, if Notre Dame wins tonight, can Notre Dame run the table? And I think, you know, when we were talking about things back in week one, looking at the schedule, we were like, well, you know, you got Northwestern on the road won't be easy. Virginia Tech on the road won't be easy. Um, And then the Virginia Tech game got easy even harder when they beat Florida State. But you're like, ah, Florida State at home, that's not going to be easy. Playing Syracuse in in New York City wouldn't be easy. Going out to USC won't be easy. Five trips across the entire state in November, uh, entire country won't be easy. But eh, the dominoes are coming together that it looks a lot easier after tonight, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think this matchup's critical not just to stay in the national spotlight for whoever the winner is, but also for confidence, you know, there's going to be a point where the momentum's going to start to build and these guys, you're, you're into the season now, you're defining your team. And I mean, this is a great matchup. I, the last uh, three games have been decided by seven points or fewer. I mean, that's just amazing. It's physical. It's down to the wire. Um, and again, I, I just think that moving forward, this is going to be the exclamation point or helps define the team this year. Here's the thing. If if they win tonight, they're in the driver's seat because I can't imagine there's a scenario where an undefeated Notre Dame team does not make the college football playoff, regardless of how um, crummy the rest of the schedule may turn out to be, which is obviously not Notre Dame's fault. When you made the schedule, it was pretty good. Yep. But um, Michigan's still ranked in the top 25. They're at 14. They're playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, no one else after this is ranked in the top 25. Next week is Virginia Tech. And oh, my. Uh, I can't believe they lost to Old Dominion, who was 0-3 entering that game. That's incredible. Well, they look so good against Florida State. But then, again, as the plays in, as the season plays out, uh, Florida State is having some issues as well. But, yeah, that upset last week was bizarre. So that game not looking as daunting. We have, we kind of have projected that this Stanford-Virginia Tech turnaround would, would be really hard, and maybe that game's not as hard. Of course, going into Blacksburg won't be easy by any means obviously we understand they got to get through tonight i let's put that aside let's just assume notre dame wins tonight over stanford and we look at the rest of this schedule and where it happens here here's one thing i would say last year if notre dame ended up being 11 and 1 after that week two loss against georgia i think they would have made the college football playoff because their schedule is strong enough i don't see a scenario where if notre dame loses tonight that they can make the playoff unless somebody surprises us in the schedule that all of a sudden Syracuse is undefeated um, in week 11 or USC has run the table and they, they only have two losses. Um, this schedule, the, if they're 12-0, and they're in good shape. If they're not 12-0, and they're not making the playoff. Well, and last year too, they lost early. So right. you see that, you know, all over the country that you get a chance to kind of earn the, the uh, respect back and build your momentum focusing on how you're playing now when the playoffs come. All right, let's go through the schedule. You tell me what you're worried about. At Virginia Tech next week. Uh, maybe the same uh, thing that we had after the Michigan win versus Ball State, a little bit of the hangover effect. Now, they do have a chance to redeem themselves, right? They're, they've had that lesson uh, thrown at them, and they, they said that they learned from it, and they did come out and play better the weeks following. But how do you respond after a huge win and with that turnaround? I mean, I think they'll be up for the game because you know you're going to Blacksburg and everything like that. Now, Virginia Tech's at Duke today, so they lose. They're 2-2. Two and two, Then suddenly um, you're wondering how good they are, and that could affect things. Uh, Pittsburgh here in two weeks. I mean, that's that may be your letdown game after Stanford and Virginia Tech coming home to play Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh tends to play really hot and cold. You never really know what team is going to show up. <laughs> then they got the bye week, and then they're uh, going out to San Diego to face Navy. This is not the Navy that puts up the big fights against Notre Dame. Uh, their wins are against Memphis by a point and Lehigh. Uh, they've lost to SMU last week in overtime, and they lost to Hawaii 59-41. So this is not the same Navy team that we're used to seeing. 
Yeah, but Navy's always tough. You know, they do such a unique offense um, that it, it gives them a chance every week as long as they can win field position and keep games close. You know, before the season, one of the losses I projected for Notre Dame was at Northwestern. Um, I'm not sure I would project that anymore. Northwestern 1-2, and two, beat Purdue in week one, then lost to Duke in Akron. They lost to Akron, and they host Michigan today. So uh, they're not looking as good either, but that game would be in Chicago. Obviously, that would be a huge game for Northwestern. Oh, yeah, and Coach Fitzgerald gets everybody ready. Uh, the thing with Northwestern, I think, is that they're always uh, pretty dangerous, and you never know with them uh, who's going to step up, but obviously they have to get some stuff going <laughs> in the right direction this year. And then certainly the team that we all thought would be very good that hasn't been is Florida State, 2-2 two and two on the season, uh, lost to Virginia Tech back in week one, 24-3, lost to Syracuse, 30-7. to Their only wins are against Samford and Northern Illinois, and now they got they're at Louisville and at Miami the next two weeks. So they got some chance for redemption, but they don't look like Florida State. No, they are really struggling, and they have a new coach. So there's there's just a lot that's uh, going on, but you can definitely tell in their play that it's it's not clicking. After tonight's game, is the next toughest game on the schedule actually versus Syracuse in New York City? You know, they're off to a great start. Uh, we're <laughs> a lot can happen in a couple months, so we'll have to see how they play out. Well, a lot could happen today. They're facing Clemson, so we could have a different opinion if Syracuse loses by 40 today uh, to Clemson. Remember, Syracuse had that big upset over Clemson, so the <laughs> Clemson's going to be ready to go for the Orange this time around. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if my alma mater has what it takes to take down Clemson, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, And then the home finale, or the finale, I should say, on the road at USC, uh, two and two losses to Stanford and Texas beat UNLV and and Washington State and they're at Arizona tonight again um, is it possible that USC runs the table from here on out and all of a sudden heading into that game they're nine and two and they're playing really good football it's just wait and see but again it's lining up like this is every one of these games is very winnable for Notre Dame yeah, it could be a special season. I think it honestly comes back to um, how they play tonight. This is a real intense thing as far as confidence and defining what kind of a team this year's Notre Dame Fighting Irish Spring. All right, our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. When you open an Elevate membership at Notre Dame FCU, you'll get $50 in your new account and another $50 for an eligible nonprofit like a Catholic high school, a parish, or even Redeemer Radio. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. All right, and coming up next, Mike and Christine Golick are in the house. We're going to talk to the first couple of Notre Dame football, and I want to find out who in that family hasn't gone to Notre Dame. There's got to be somebody. There's got to be one person, maybe like a third cousin that hasn't gone to Notre Dame. We'll break it all down with the Golicks live in studio when Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays returns. What happens on the Kyle Hyman Show? Ooh, uh, good question. Good question. Good question. That's a really good question. That's a very good question. That's a great question. Great question. Yeah, you're on to something there, Kyle. Boy, <laughs> that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, what a great question. That's a great question. Great question. Great, great question, Kyle. Wonderful, wonderful question. That's probably one of the most challenging questions. Again, excellent question. Kyle, you stumped me. Um, I forgot what the question was. Find out weekdays from 7 to 8 a.m. Nicholas J. Salon and Spa on Eddy Street Commons, the ultimate salon experience. Whether it's a basic men's haircut, an everyday women's cut and color, a spa afternoon, or your wedding day, Nicholas J. Salon believes total beauty is within us all. Call Nicholas J. and Aveda Concept Salon today at 574-233-0700 or visit them on Eddy Street Commons. And we are joined now live in studio with the first couple, as I like to call them, of Notre Dame football, Mike and Christine Golick. Uh, guys, thanks very much for being here with oh, us. Oh, our pleasure. Thanks for having us. All right. Uh, I call you the first couple because, quite frankly, I, I want to know who related to the Golicks has not gone to Notre Dame. I, I, name me somebody <laughs> that has not gone to Notre Dame. Well, Bob and Greg's kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go. they're kids. They they uh they have What happened to them? I, I don't know. They're the black sheep of the family. So obviously we we don't we don't We weren't personally responsible for those kids, so I We don't yeah. communicate with yeah. them. You know, we kind of <laughs> shut them up. No, no, no. Obviously we get along with them while well, they're they're doing great, but yeah, it's uh 
We, you guys we, were obviously bad uncles and aunts. Yeah, we, we didn't, that we didn't do, do the right we thing really there. We were really focused on like brainwashing our kids and everybody else was kind of but on their it, own. It is kind of wild to think about it, the the lineage of, of Golics that have gone here. It is, it's, you know, I, we don't think a lot of it in the way of, you know, the first family, of, but start thinking about it. I mean, since 1975, when my brother Bob first stepped on this campus, it's we've certainly been here our fair share. I mean, you, your brother Bob... Your brother Greg, right? Then all three of your kids, right? Uh, obviously, Mike Jr. and Jake played football, and then Sydney uh, swam sw- swimmer, and then your daughter-in-law went to Notre Dame too. Yes. Yep. She uh, she ran. She transferred in here and ran track. So uh, we were pretty wild. I, 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 that's right. Yeah. I, I, and I represented St. Mary's, and my sister went to St. Mary's. So. Yeah. Oh wow! So yeah. it gets even crazier yeah, when we go that way. Yeah. yeah. So we're pretty much in. If you're going to be in this family, yeah. then you, we know the course you're going to. Not that we brainwash them or anything, but we do. <laughs> the fact that you guys are you're here in South Bend on this weekend, uh, your kids don't go here anymore, um, and yet you're here. Uh, obviously, that love for Notre Dame has has continued, and I imagine you guys will be growing old here for quite a we while. Well, actually, we bought a house on Notre Dame Avenue. And uh, the thought process behind it was that everybody in our family loves coming here. So as they spread out and go across the country, we want a a central place for all of us to come and a place that we all love. So it's going to be here. That part worked out well. We had a couple of condos uh, in Irish Crossing and we were going to get one and then the the kids had squatting rights to it. Mike and his fellow freshmen, <laughs> the Dane Chris of the world and the Kyle Rudolphs and the Braxton Caves, all of a sudden they were in there and we're like, okay, okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go across the pond here and we'll get another one D- don't come in ours over here you guys can have yours and and we ended up selling them both and like chris said to get that house i mean it's just she's always always loved notre dame ave and wanted to get a house on there and it worked out so that that house will be in, in this family a long long time well what a great chance to have a place for everybody to come you know as as the years go by and to have grandkids come and everyone at notre dame and well South Bend and Notre Dame campus is so special. Well, and, and South Bend is built up so nice around here. They've really done a great job. And and th- this was great, you know, this year and the fact that there were, what, four of the first five games or whatever were yep. home games. Home or games yep. So Chris has been here uh, since, since September Michigan. 1st in Michigan game with the two pugs. Yeah. We, we fenced <laughs> in the backyard. She brought the pugs. pugs yeah. so, so basically she just made an excuse to get away from you for, for a solid month. But... Shh, Angelo, shh. <laughs> Don't give away her secrets, yeah. all right? She said it was for the dogs <laughs> I, I was looking some stuff up and is this correct that you guys met your first day of freshman year we did we did we were walking to the freshman mixer from st mary's a group of, of girls and i and we walked past dylan hall and they just happened to be walking out at the same time kind of merged and just started talking and you know we're friends for three years yeah. before we started dating oh okay uh-huh. it wasn't an immediate date. yeah our, our groups hung out together and we were we were friends which, which is very cool that was actually yeah. kind of a neat way to go about it and then uh, probably it started getting a little more serious junior kind of the year. end of junior, junior year, year and then we went our separate ways you know it's, it's at that time summer school the players didn't come here she lived in chicago which was close but i was in cleveland and we still spent the summers the football players weren't here at that point that hadn't started yet so then when i came back our senior year we kind of Kind of hit it off and started dating uh, all the way to the point of when I got drafted by the Houston Oilers uh, in the 10th round, she was in the other room crying because <laughs> she was in Chicago and I was going to be in Houston. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. you know, I think it's still going to work out okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's worked out just fine. Uh, Mike and Christine Golick joining us live here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. We are presented by Orange Theory Fitness, voted the best one-hour full-body workout in the country. I went Monday. Uh had I quite went yesterday. The, okay, there we go. I had the let me tell you, I had a mental fog of epic proportions. So uh, physically, it was not the best workout, but clear that mental fog very quickly. Mm-hmm. You get the experience of a group workout while also getting personal attention from a great trainer if you need it. Orange Theory Fitness located at Heritage Square in Granger. Your first workout is free, and I I know you guys are pretty big with the Orange. It's Theory. a great great workout. Our son Jake and Jenny who ran track here they own two of them in okay. in the Boston area. One in South Boston and one in North. So yeah, yeah I mean we're, we're all in. She started doing these in in Arizona probably in 2011 or 12, right. and we loved it so I kept much. Coming home, going you guys have to do this you have to do this it's a it's a great workout i yeah. mean it's fantastic my, my wife's done it for i think three since they've opened, opened. and yeah. here in granger and she's been trying to get me to go i went once a couple of years ago and 
I, I thought I was still 17 and on the track team, and it went a little too hard, and I'm like, I'm never doing this again. You learn quickly the, yes. where, the, where the levels and are. Then, yeah, and now I've been going, and it's been good. It's been good to help me get back in shape. Um, all right, uh, so you guys meet, and your friends, how... And then it takes a little bit before you start dating. But how critical was it that you guys were friends first? How how much do you think that helped um, kind of build this relationship from the ground up? Well, it definitely helped. But there's a funny story. When we, when we first met, my roommate who um, a- actually transferred out after her sophomore year, I said to her when I met him, I was one of those people, I said, that's the guy I'm going to marry. And she's like, I said, we won't get to, and it was funny. I said to her, I, I don't think we'll get together for a while, but like towards the end of uh, school, we'll get together. And she transferred out, heard we were dating, called me like senior year. And she goes, I can't believe it because she remembered what I said. So <laughs> not going to lie. That scares me a little bit. <laughs> thinking after you meet someone and she says, I'm going to marry that guy. If, if I would have heard that at that point, I'd have been, oh, psycho. <laughs> Hey, thanks. But uh, yeah, psycho in a nice way. Nice way, way right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I obviously did not know she said that, but we got along well, and I got along real well with her with her family. Um, so it just it was kind of a natural progression, and it it uh, it's worked. See, we we teach you we teach you new things about your own uh, marriage here. Uh, <laughs> I never even yeah. see you for Saturdays. Uh, <laughs> So, all, I mean, I know, Mike, you went to Catholic high school. Yes, I did. Chris, did you? Uh, I did for two years. Yes. Okay. And uh-huh. then all your kids end up going to Catholic, Catholic high school. school. Mm-hmm. How, how important was that Catholic education, do you feel, for for you guys and, and then for your kids as well? Well, I mean, it, it was twofold for us where we were living uh, in, in Connecticut. Um, there was obviously the, the, the faith base of, of a Catholic high school and quite honestly, the diversity uh, as well of where this high school was, a Catholic high school and the diversity because <clears throat> the public high schools in the area weren't and we thought, you know. And they're very good They're very good public schools in Connecticut so it was a conscious decision by us to send our kids to Catholic school. Like we, we really wanted that element in their life of, of um, you know, kids coming from all over the, um, Connecticut from different backgrounds and whatnot and, you know, brought to Together by their faith, that was really important to us to have that element in their life. Well, and then also with uh, Notre Dame and St. Mary's, that to have that college uh, faith experience mm-hmm. too. My wife went to Notre Dame, a Notre Dame grad, so she's you know a theology major, really into obviously the benefits of that. But for your kids, um, what what was that faith based? I guess element for the the college level because that's a well. Age. What was interesting is, is we came at how we got here a little differently. I you know my brother Bob had been here mm-hmm. you know so I had been here since I was eleven years old and got to see everything up close while looking up to the Joe Montanas mm-hmm. of the world and Ross Browners and Willie Fries and like wow and then my brother Greg who was a year ahead of me went here and then that's when I was getting recruited and I saw these players now on equal footing. I said these could be my peers. So I kind of grew into it, and so it was really a no-brainer for me because I had seen how the, the sports side of it was, but also the academic side, the faith side of it as well. For Chris, you know, you never really there was never really another option for you, well, right? It was funny. My my um, I had two brothers who had uh, passed away, but they um, they went to Catholic high school in Chicago, St. Lawrence High School, and um, we were good friends with some brothers that taught at the school there, Christian brothers. And when I was a junior in high school two of the christian brothers brought me to saint mary's and they said this is where you're going to go to school (laughs) i said fine (laughs) and it was just kind of laid out for me and i never applied to another school um you know i i came here they we did a tour of the campus and everything and immediately it felt like home and um, i think just because we had always had that christian element to our life that part of it just kind of made it feel more like home. Seemed natural. Mm-hmm. Seemed like but for both of us a natural progression. Right. Mike and Christine Golick, our guests on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Okay, your kids all end up coming here. Um, I've heard the story numerous times that you let them make their own decision and everything. But I just want to know, did you like tell them, but I will drive you out, fly you out to Notre Dame for free. If you want to go to Texas, you're going to pay your own way. Like, well, no, the, the only the only non non-negotiable was USC. OK, said so you, you can get anywhere you want, just not USC. It's did not anyone happening. tempt you on that to try to uh, claim they were? No, gonna- but where we had the discussion with both of them was when Urban Meyer was coaching at Florida. Mm. He brought Mike down for 
to visit Mike's junior year. And Jake was a sophomore and already getting recruited as well. So they had Jake come down like on an unofficial as well. So they were both together. So, you know, they're trying to do the sell to Mike, you know, look at all the trees and the sun here, Notre Dame, it <laughs> snows. And, you know, because all the people recruiting Mike and Jake understood the connection with Notre Dame. And some were very upfront and said, listen, if your kids are thinking about another place, then we'll recruit them. If not, we don't want to for quote unquote waste time sure. if they're going to go somewhere else and and you know I told the boys you, you have nothing guaranteed to you so you got to look around but I told them in Florida I said listen just because I went there and your uncle Greg went there and your uncle Bob went there and your mom went to St. Mary's and your your aunt went to St. Mary's doesn't mean you guys have to you know and, but I, I was really serious because in, in all honesty uh, if they if their goal and this, this was their goal. It turned out to be their goal to want to be at Notre Dame. If their goal was to play at Nebraska and they got to go to Nebraska, we'd have been ecstatic because they, they reached their goal. You know, we, we decided, Chris and I, when the kids were young, is we're going to do everything we can to put them in position. They have to do the work, but uh, uh, to get to reach their goals and do what they want to do. But Chris did a great job of early on and in, in really subliminally just having everything around the house. I guess it wasn't really subliminally around the house being Notre Dame, so it was ingrained Notre into their Dame skulls. Books when they went to school, Notre Dame pencils, you know, like um, I think it was hardest on Sydney though because the two boys had already been recruited and were going to Notre Dame and Sydney was in high school and she was a swimmer and she would get in the car every night after practice what if they don't want me what if they don't want mm -hmm. me because her brothers were giving her a hard time you know like what if I don't get there she had no plan B she said I'm going to live in your basement and go to the community college if I don't get to go to Notre Dame so well and to your point I mean obviously she was an athlete she was a swimmer so it comes down to hey if you want to be a swimmer and you have the ability to be a swimmer if they don't want you then suddenly you do have to look somewhere right, else don't you right and she was not prepared for that at all and i there would be times i'd be like you're fine you're fine but i'd be like oh my god what have we done you know because <laughs> all her eggs were literally in one basket but fortunately we didn't have to deal with that by the way a uh, funny antidote for you your uh, your son and your daughter-in-law have the same uh, they got married on the same day that my wife and i did yes i, I saw that on uh, this year when you had your anniversary that yeah it was the same as theirs yeah so. so you guys got married here in south bend we got married in chicago on the same day we kind of were laughing about that that is pretty wild <laughs> that that's one of chris's regrets so jake got married here mike's not married sydney's not married but Chris was like, I have no idea why we didn't get married at Notre Dame. Where did you guys get? End up in Chicago, Chicago. It, it, her, 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 her um, uh, church, her yeah. parish. And, and I left it up to her. Listen, I'm no fool. You know, I just said, <laughs> I where do you want me to show up? Me to show <laughs> what up. day you want me to show up? And what? And I just have to say, I do. You know, so you do everything else. And that's probably one of your biggest regrets. Biggest regrets. Yeah. So I, I lived vicariously through Jake and Jenny that day because I, I regret not doing it that way. But. That's venue.nd.edu yes. <laughs> looking for a potential wedding yes. at, uh, at Notre Dame. Beautiful, uh, luxurious opportunities for there. Sure. Uh, also want to let you know that if you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today coming up right after us. Lenny DiLorenzo of the McGrath Institute for Church Life is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. All right, got to get some Notre Dame football mm -hmm. chat in with you. Uh what, what do you make of this quarterback situation? I make of this quarterback situation what's different than any of the other years we've been here. I mean, listen, I, we, I've seen it. I was, we were here when the transition was made from Charlie Weiss to, to Brian Kelly, and we have seen this at the quarterback position. A guy start, and then a guy not start, and then a guy, another guy take over, and you're kind of in flux. Even the year, it was Mike's, what, redshirt sophomore, or junior and Jake's redshirt sophomore, the year they went to the national championship game, Everett Golson started, but Tommy Reese, who's the quarterback coach now, he was like, you know, it was like, look over to the bullpen and tap the right arm and bring him in when you need him. You know, that's just the way it was, and it's really kind of been that way the, the, at, at that position. So when I saw it happen, and I just said, you know what? We, we've seen this song and dance before. And, you know, Notre Dame is kind of right there. This is a monster game looking at the schedule oh, yeah. to get by this one to where they can position themselves with the rankings coming out in the first couple of weeks. Now, we've certainly seen Notre Dame play down to their competition at times. That's, that goes on for a while where, you know, you're like squeaking out wins. You should be, you know, beating teams a little worse than that. But bottom line is they're getting the win. But, Listen, so I, what you're asking me, I'm saying, you know what, uh, same thing or a different version, different year of something we've seen over the years. 
Well, and I think, too, Kelly had that success with it before he got to Notre Dame. Yeah, the he did. The quarterback system. So we all kind of knew, but it, <laughs> it sends a play me, out every it week. It makes me crazy. Yes. <laughs> Stressful. <laughs> it has made me crazy. I mean, I just You're feel not like the, the, only lead, one. the leader of your team should know that they're going to be the leader of your team. And I find it always ironic that none of the quarterbacks have been captains. Have you noticed that? Uh, I think it's because wow. they know they have a short leash. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, you know, we're seeing it more and more. You see what Jalen Hurts did led led Alabama to championships yeah. and he gets yeah. he gets pushed aside for Tua and yeah. now Kelly Bryant in Clemson it was 16 and 2 in his last 18 starts he's now transferring you know because uh, Trevor Lawrence the freshman that's come in so they're they're going more to the throwing quarterbacks it used to not be the most important position in college, mm-hmm. you know, because you've seen Alabama win all the time and they never had a great great quarterback, but now you're kind of seeing where NFL is going, where college is going, the college elements are showing up more in the NFL, so you're getting a lot more passing. So the passing quarterback is really, really uh, uh, coming, I think, back uh, instead of that dual-threat quarterback. Well, and I think you get the trickle-down effect, too, into the the lower levels, which you guys um, have some involvement with the USA football and the educating moms about safety. Uh, Yeah, since about 2012, I've been working with uh, Heads Up Football and just kind of letting moms know about the changes that have happened to football. Um, You know, there was a lot of negative press about football and things going on with players, so it fortunately took uh, took something like that for football to take a good long hard look at what they were doing and changes that they could make that they hadn't made in years and the game in my opinion is a safer better game because of of the negativeness that had you know taken over and uh I think it's a healthy game now, like they're teaching kids to tackle the way they should, letting moms know, you know, the importance of equipment and how it fits, things like that. Um, So, you know, we want to keep the game alive. I think it's important for kids to be out and be active, and there's just not enough of that now. I think the shame of it is that some of the the former players, big name players, that are saying I wouldn't play if I mm-hmm. or or I wouldn't let my kid play. I think they're doing that out of a lot of fear, and instead of saying I want it to go away. Let's. How can we be help it? Yeah, be a part. It? Of the yeah, yeah, be, let's be a make part. It yeah, let, let's let's, just... let's do that. And and I think Chris is. Chris talks a lot to the moms mm-hmm. because let's be honest, the moms make the decisions. Yeah, that's a good point. And right. and and she and her, her. I think her best line to them is make your decision out of knowledge. Don't do it out of fear. Don't read a headline. And just be make it be clickbait and say, oh my God, look look, look at this. Uh, this scares me. And my kid's not playing. You know, get the knowledge. And then if you still choose or not, your kid doesn't your decision, play, so sure. be it. That, right. that That's fine. But I think that's her best message to the moms is make your decision out of knowledge. And I agree with her. It is the safe it's the game will never be safe. You're gonna get hurt you're, sure. you're gonna get hurt if you play long Physical enough. Yeah. Uh, but it's safer with with coaches that have to be certified. Uh, certified, with practices not as much hitting, with the heads up. The mm-hmm. tackling will be way better when this next group of youth football well, players get to the NFL. And also without allowing yourself to drive the quarterback into the ground in the NFL. <laughs> okay. I, well, I don't have two, doing this on purpose? I don't have two minutes to let you go off and ramp, but yeah. I'll give you 20 seconds if uh, you want to go off on the Clay Matthews. The, uh, the Clay Matthews and some of the hits that have gone on, I would teach that tackling to an 8-year-old. And I have, I have called the NFL to say, come on and explain to me, especially players that used to play in the NFL that work for the NFL, on what is wrong with that tackle. I would teach that tackle to an eight-year-old. So they're going a little too far. I think they're going to start backing off of that a little bit. At least say better or my Well, they didn't explode. last week. They called on him again. <laughs> I know. I, I think so much more has come out from, I, I'm hoping they back off a little bit or my head will explode. I'm hoping on too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you may want to do a Google search on uh, Golik's rant from uh, Golik and Window on, uh, on ESPN Radio on his thoughts on that Clay Matthews. Oh. That was a good one i was on the floor laughing everything you said made sense but it was pretty good all right uh guys thank you very much for coming in and joining us we appreciate it so much thanks angela thanks all right that is mike and christine golick we're back with Notre Dame fcu's irish sports saturdays right after this breaking down the matchup between the irish and stanford coming up tonight you deserve more from your workout more than sweating away extra pounds it should transform you from the inside out with technology to prove you're improving and coaches that give you more tough love. You want more results, more confidence, more community, and more energy. Because the more you do at Orange Theory, the more you get out of life. Orange Theory Fitness. Go to orangetheory.com for a free workout. Auto loans from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can save you money. Why? 
because the whole purpose of a credit union is to save you money. Catholic-inspired credit unions put faith into action. Pope John Paul II called them one of the church's most significant concrete achievements. Now it's easier than ever to be a part of this. All you need is a phone. You already share our values. Why not share in our savings? For a better auto loan or refinance from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, call 844-230-6611. It's just a hard nose football game. I mean, Stanford's kind of unique in that although they're from the Pac-12, they kind of bring this tough nose, um, you know, run the ball down your throats, um, smash you in the mouth in four quarters mentality. Um, and that's the way we like to play. And so when we go against them, you know, they're a team. They're kind of like Navy in a sense that, you know, it doesn't matter the score. They're not going away. And I think you see that in their game against Oregon. So we'll have to be on our stuff in four quarters against them. That's Notre Dame captain Drew Tranquil. Tranquil on Stanford being a hard-nosed smash-mouth football team. Welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame and Stanford getting ready for a big matchup here tonight. Top 10 showdown at Notre Dame Stadium set for a 7.30 kickoff. Stanford has won the last three meetings. And the big thing um, in those wins has been the play of Bryce Love. Uh, the Irish must contain this guy to say the least. 59 rushes, 254 yards. So really, so far this year, other teams... Teams have kind of contained them, averaging 84.7 yards per game. But, uh, Kevin, obviously, this is as good of a running back as as Notre Dame will face all year. Yeah, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. But I, what amazes me about him, yes, he has breakaway speed, but his, or his yards after contact. He really does do a great job with the first tackler and breaking it. Here's what Tavon Coney, Khalid Kareem, and Julian Love had to say about stopping Bryce Love. I mean, he's a dynamic back, you know, really fast, you know, strong lower body, you know, has great vision, you know. So the key to, to, to getting him is, is getting him behind the line of scrimmage and, and making plays, you know, be a, be a player and go out there and make the play. His cutting ability, he fakes it inside and tries to beat you outside. He's an electrifying player. Just that's our goal, stopping him. I mean, he's very sure-footed. I mean, he has uh, low center of gravity. And so, I mean, you have to really get into him, get into his body and get multiple people around them around him uh, and so you try to li limit the solo tackles on him because I mean he's that's what he specializes in making you know, one cut making people miss and so it's really rallying to the ball which since I've been here we've been doing in the past couple of years um, and it's just a matter of doing every play to limit him that was Tavon Coney, Khalid Kareem, and Julian Love on trying to stop Bryce Love. Do you try to contain Bryce Love, or do you let him get his yards and try to stop everything else? What would be your strategy? Well, I think you got to focus on him. Um, Notre Dame, their strength has been that second level, the inside linebackers, the uh, down safeties, and making plays. But it's the guys up front that really are going to set the tone. And if they do contain love, quarterback K.J. Costello can certainly get it done in the past game. Ten touchdown passes so far this season, seven of them to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who has 17 catches for 408 yards and seven touchdown grabs already. So uh, obviously they have a threat in the passing game as well. Yeah, they're a complete team. Um the offensive line, again, is their strength. I think I saw a stat where they had uh, only 14 sacks in the last 14 games. So I guess my goal would still be number one, stop the run. But you do have to be aware that they'll have other weapons like number 19 at wide receiver. All right. And then how? Uh, what can we expect from the Irish run game tonight without Javar Armstrong? Uh, Dexter Williams is back. And we mentioned this earlier. Could we see Brandon Wimbush today because of the need for maybe him in the run game without Armstrong in there? Well, and I think Notre Dame's offensive line has to answer, but maybe even with or without Brandon Winbush, we'll see his offense some bootlegs. All right, time for our two-minute drill here. What concerns you most if you're Brian Kelly tonight? Uh, I would say stopping the run for Notre Dame defense against that great Stanford offense. I would say what are you going to get from your run game? Again, Armstrong not playing. Tim Priester, Virus Illustrator, reporting it's because of a knee infection. Dexter Williams is back after his suspension. So what do you get out of that running game led by Tony Jones Jr.? What concerns you most if you're David Shaw? I'd say I'd want a, a fast start and get a lead so that you can just run out the clock with the win and do what you do well. I'm going to say what Notre Dame team is showing up today. I, I imagine it, it was hard to game plan for the Irish because, you know, good or bad, you don't know what quarterback and what offense is really showing up. The defense has been consistent, but that inconsistency on offense almost could be an advantage for Notre Dame in terms of how the other team uh, prepares for them. For sure, you'd almost need two different scout team sessions, one against Wimbush, <laughs> the running quarterback, and then one against the uh, 
book the passer. Uh, all right, your keys to the game. I think it's going to be one up front, one in the trenches with the line play, but I think it'll come back to that Notre Dame defense against the Stanford run game because that's their trademark. Yeah, and then I'm going to go with the Stanford defense versus the Notre Dame run game with with Armstrong out and Dexter Williams back. So um, can Notre Dame establish the run and and get things done? Uh, That's going to be a big factor because Ian Book looked great last week, but that was in large part because the run game was playing very well. All right, what's your prediction here tonight? Notre Dame 28, Stanford 27. Ooh, that's a good one. You know what? I thought all week I was going to pick Notre Dame to win this one. Um, The Jafar Armstrong injury scares me. So uh, before the season, this was one of the games I thought Notre Dame would lose. So because of that Armstrong injury, I'm going to go back to it. So uh, that's Angelo.DiCarlo at (laughs) RedeemerRadio.com at AngDiCarlo on Twitter. I'm going to go Stanford 34, Notre Dame 31. Well, we'll have all the complaints come to you. <laughs> yes, I've heard those in the past, so I totally understand. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Uh, also want to tell you about Steve Bizarro. No better area real estate agent to turn to if you're in the market to buy or sell a home. Then Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett, a friend recommended Steve to us and was so easy to work with and found us a home my wife and I love. So take my recommendation and contact Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett at Real Estate at 574-229-4040. You can also learn more about Steve by visiting southbendsteve.com. And again, for Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Stanford will kick off at 736 tonight. Thanks to all of you for listening to our show. Uh, Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FC, where you bank does matter. Our show presented by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one hour full body workout. Notre Dame in Sanford, 735, coming up tonight. This is Father Mark Thiesing, chaplain for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. Our Redeemer Radio, Catholic Radio for Michiana, 95.7 FM WRDI, Napanee, South Bend, Elkhart. Welcome home to your family of faith.